Welcome to Gaia's Love, a podcast of brief messages to help humanity bridge the gap to the new earth. My name is Vivian Gerard. It is my delight to be a scribe for consciousness today, sharing the wisdom that flows through from source. Here we go. episode 103 it is Tuesday here today it's actually Tuesday afternoon as I record this I went to yoga this morning with my beloved Carla it was so good (laughs) stretched my body stretched my mind stretched my aura (laughs) Carla's awesome so I am sitting in my familiar chair and it is so pretty there's all the sunshine coming in today When I woke up this morning, there was frost everywhere. You know, the kind that covers the grass and the bushes and the tree branches and everything just looks like it's been sparkleized or whatever the word would be, crystallized a little bit. Super cold, but beautiful. And as I was driving to yoga, the sun was just starting to really come up higher in the sky and it was gorgeous. But as I'm sitting here right now, it's... um, it's afternoon sun, which is warm, and it just feels really good. So I send you that warm winter vibration of when you're inside a warm house and you're looking outside and you know it's chilly out there and you're so grateful to be sitting snuggled up. That's the energy I send you in this moment. So it's Tuesday, and yesterday my focus was on regrouping and getting my house organized, getting my schedule a little bit back together, and really just sort of putting everything back in its place physically and energetically after a lot of activity. And uh, when I went to yoga this morning, the Kriya was very much about expanding your aura and expanding the energy field that you hold around you. So when I came home and I did my bath and meditation, I was just pondering all these different ideas of what felt relevant to, to talk about. And what I kept coming back to was just the simple word of contemplation. I'm going to read the definition that Richard Rudd describes in the Gene Keys of contemplation, which is absolutely perfect. And then I'll share a few contemplations. <laughs> All right, so this is from The Gene Keys by Richard Rudd. It's a profoundly important, beautiful gift to the world. This book, it has lots, so much information in it that it's really designed to be a workbook that you take your time and you know you really work through all of the 64 gene keys. So right at the beginning, he says how to use this book. <laughs> I always love when a book has instructions because it's so much that you aren't quite sure how to move through it. And he has literally the word contemplation and then two paragraphs. I'll read that to you. The great potential of the gene keys as a teaching is to awaken a powerful new creative impulse inside you. And as you follow this impulse, 
you begin to witness the emergence of your genius. The central technique that makes this possible is contemplation. Contemplation is something of a forgotten spiritual path. Unlike meditation, it does not completely bypass the mind. Rather, it uses the mind in a playful way to open new inner pathways inside of our brain and our body. It is through sustained, gentle contemplation on the gene keys that we can affect subtle changes in our biochemistry. The gene keys are designed to be contemplated and digested over time. Each key contains a unique message, and each message takes time to absorb before you feel a change occurring in your life. Contemplation is far more than simply thinking about something. It is the direct imbibing of a universal truth at a physical, emotional, and mental level. Therefore, it is a good idea to begin your voyage into the Gene Keys with a sense of relaxedness and patience. To enter on a path of contemplation is to slow down inwardly in order that you begin to see things around you more clearly. Now read that one more time. To enter on a path of contemplation is to slow down inwardly in order that you begin to see things around you more clearly. And that is what I feel for today. For me, getting myself uh, structured yesterday and cleaned up physically around me and organized allowed this calm to settle back in my home. And then I, I <laughs> it's so funny, I'll just name this. Like, my kitchen was disorganized because we had so many people in and out that I had lots of dishes and utensils out. I had been working on the writing of my book in the dining room, which is upstairs, instead of my office, which is downstairs. So the whole dining room had just been a mess for a while. And then I just sort of took all of that and dropped it back on my desk yesterday or before the circles on Thursday. And so my desk is a mess. And the bedroom, you know, laundry's piled up. There was so much stuff out of place that I couldn't find that stillness within to be able to really drop in. By cleaning and organizing yesterday, today there's this beautiful peace in my home, in my body. Yoga did the same thing. It cleared out all this gunky energy that I haven't had time to really move in the way that I normally would. And then I could come home and like relax, right? Relax into the space. And from there, there's the ability to go inward and begin to look at things more clearly. My husband and I have lots of conversations about, you know, contemplation. I don't know that I've necessarily used that word, but the idea of sort of feeling into things, thinking about things or analyzing and at what point does it become over analysis or too much time thinking and not enough time in action and you know how do we sort of find the balance that works really well for each individual and I was I was reflecting on that when I was getting ready for this recording to me it feels like contemplation allows clarity, as Richard Rudd says. It allows sort of an unraveling or an untangling of all of the activity 
that we move through in a day, a week, a year, however long we go between contemplation, there's an unraveling of all of the busyness that can happen. And then in that, we start to find these nuggets or themes or um, truths that sit underneath all of that stuff. And if we don't have the time or create the time to be contemplative, (laughs) then all that stuff just keeps accumulating, uh, sort of like a snowball, you know, at the top of the hill in your hand is just a little snowball and you can easily unpackage it and see if there's anything solid in the center. As the snowball starts to move downhill and time goes by and momentum picks up and life keeps going, the snowball gets enormous and then it could literally take out a house, you know, it can just barrel through things. We we get swept up in the busyness, the activity of our lives and and then we aren't quite sure as we don't unravel, we keep adding to our snowball or our pile of stuff. We aren't quite sure what's ours and what's other people's. What's the truth that we know for ourselves and what's the truth or lies that others are handing to us. And so it, it just gets messy. And then perhaps when we do finally slow down and get sick or pause or do whatever we need to do to look at our lives, it feels like the mess is so overwhelming we're not even sure where to begin. So for me, contemplation, when it's practiced, when we can do it consistently, even if it's just a little bit of time each day or each week, when we can really sit and, as Richard Rudd says, imbibe universal truths into our physical and emotional and mental beings, when we can absorb truth that we know is ours and use that truth to have clarity about our lives, to understand what's going on in our lives, to see where we screw up, to see where we could have done it better, to see where we're successful. We can make choices that put us you know, really in the driver's seat of where we want to go next. It's not like the snowball that's just going to go down the path down the hill that it's going to go because it's gathering steam or gathering snow. We start to turn the wheel and direct where we want our lives to go and it it comes from that clarity from that time spent contemplating why how did these things happen and what do we do from there we are able to contemplate the good and the bad you know for me when i was sitting in yoga this morning i i just had moments where i was like wow like what richness is present in my life right now like the depth of the conversations that I'm having and the trust that people share with me allowing me to see them and support them and cheerlead for them you know that takes such trust for someone to let you into their field of energy the way that people do with me and the the beauty that I see when I'm offered that lens or perspective. Contemplating that is, it's sacred, it's, it's, um, it's a gift. It's a gift. And I 
I am able to honor that gift and pause and celebrate that gift, embody the, uh, what the word being, embody the integrity with which I do my work. And then, you know, a moment after those moments come through in yoga or meditation, then right after that are the moments where, you know, my my grief or my sadness about shifts or events or relationships come forward. And in the contemplation of those relationships, I'm able to sort through things and to become clear. Like, what is it that I choose? What is it that I am creating? What am I pouring my love and my energy into? And does it serve me to do it that way? Does it serve others for me to do it that way? From that clarity, I make very conscious choices about what's next. You know, how, to, how to show up in those relationships today, tomorrow, next week. So contemplation for me and the way I'm describing it or holding the, holding the feeling of it, it's powerful and impactful in my world and all of those around me. It's like, um, it's like a navigation system or a guidance system in a car. You know, when, I, when I'm present and I'm aware of how I'm being directed or guided, from this contemplation space. I'm going to take the shortest path to where I need to be, or the shortest path from one heart to the other heart, one soul to the other soul. Perhaps where contemplation turns to analysis or depression or stuckness is when we can't find the clarity. We're just spinning or looping in the mind or in the thoughts, when we're not accessing the universal truth, when, when we don't sit and ask for divine guidance, for our souls to speak to us in that time of contemplation, when we are feeling more chaotic in the time we spend sitting and our minds are looping us, then the energy feels like it goes downward, it spirals downward. We sink into depression. We um, turn, um, that's not the right word. We are stuck because we can't move forward. We can't expand our energy out or uh, we can't see where we're navigating towards. And so we're stuck in park instead of in drive. So if that's the space that you find yourself in is you know, sort of a spiral down or a loop that you can't get out of, try something different. Go to a yoga class, get outside and walk in nature, read Richard Rudd's book, read my book, listen to a meditation that has a word in it that speaks to your heart. You know, Find something that allows you to step out of the loop a little bit, enough that you get a different perspective. And then contemplate until you find clarity that guides you into action or guides you into connection or guides you into engagement with life. Because it's forward moving. The result of contemplation is forward movement.
even if it's simply peace. <laughs> peace is forward movement from depression. For sure. Alright. Blessings to Richard Rudd again and again and again for his beautiful book, The Gene Keys. Thank you for tuning in to today's vibration. Let's take this message of pure love out into all of our communities and continue expanding love here on Gaia. So much love from my heart to yours.